and welcome everybody to a special episode of the BAM Sports Podcast. I am here with Dallas Cowboys fullback, Nick Ralston, Argyle Town hero. How are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, yeah. You were one of Blake and I's first choices because we grew up like going to Argyle High School, the legend of Nick Ralston. Your incredible senior, junior and senior year at Argyle, where you had all the carries, all the yards, almost 50 touchdowns in a season. Um, did you know like what you were doing was crazy when you were doing it in high school? Uh, you know, I knew that, you know, going into high school, I felt that I was going to have a special career. Um, you know, I, I played a couple games my freshman year at running back I think I had uh you know my first touchdown was actually at Gainesville um during district my freshman year and I had two touchdowns that game and uh I played a lot of special teams but you know I've always felt that I was special and destined for greatness and I was always good at football growing up but uh you know, I didn't know that I had the career that I was having at the time. Uh, yeah. You know, my, you know, junior year, I mean, we had many different weapons on offense. And, I mean, I had a really good year. I can't remember what I ended up with. But, you know, we won a state championship. But going into that senior year, I knew that I was going to get the ball every every play, basically. I think I had 400 carries that year. Yeah, um, 400 carries, 2,700 yards. 41 touchdowns yeah so I mean it was uh that season definitely messed my body up I'll tell you that I remember because I graduated high school early um mm -hmm. that December so I mean we played probably December 21st and I was at Arizona State by like January 5th and I was just beat up I remember the first workout that I had um I like couldn't even finish it it was like 150 yard shuttles and I basically like yeah dude my legs just like gave out on the fourth one and I literally just passed out and I was like gosh man is 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 college football for me but uh yeah it's just funny yeah that was my first experience you know as a college athlete and then to to be in the pros now I mean it's been a long journey but I'm I'm thankful for each and every part of it yeah and you know you're not the first Arizona State fullback that we've had on the pod. We've had uh, Mike Carney yeah. on the pod. Uh, yeah, I talked to Mike uh, quite a bit, especially during football season. Yeah, and we, talk, we talked about you. He's, he's a fan of yours. Yeah. Um, but what was, uh, what was your college recruiting process like? Uh, I mean, it was tough because uh, – you know, being a running back at a small school and I mean, I only had one offer. I think it was Arizona State and I think Air Force was really interested. But once I got that offer and I knew that I had a an opportunity to go on, I, I committed right away and went and visited uh, Arizona State in February. So they offered they offered me the day before the state championship my junior year. And I think by the beginning of February, I committed I mean I went out there and there was palm trees and pretty girls and you know really good uh honors college and uh 
you know, coach was from Texas. Uh, he, he had coached at Allen, you know, way back when his name was Todd Graham. And uh, I kind of look, I love the principles that the, that the program was kind of founded on. And yeah, I mean, I didn't have this crazy recruiting experience that, you know, some athletes in college or NFL have, you know, I had, I had one offer and one opportunity and I took it and I ran with it. Yeah. And so, well, yeah, what was, um, you, so you ended up playing at Arizona state, um, yeah. for how many years was it? Two? I was there for four years. You were four years. Yeah. Then you went to Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana Lafayette. Why did you make that transition? So to kind of backtrack, you know, we had a different coaching staff basically every year that I was at Arizona state that, you know, there was a revolving door. Yeah. You know, different systems, different coaches, different expectations. And then going into that last year, um, my running back coach, who I was really, you know, close with, he ended up going to Memphis and they're bringing in a coordinator that, you know, wouldn't run a lot of, you know, 21 or or 12 personnel where I'd play, you know, that that second tight end or H back or fullback. Uh, they're going to go a lot of 10 personnel and uh, it wouldn't have been a good fit for me. And I'd already graduated. I'd start my MBA and the head coach at Louisiana, Billy Napier, uh, had came from Alabama to Arizona State in 2017. He was a coordinator. He was a big 12, 21 personnel guy, uh, run the ball a lot. And he was now the head coach at Louisiana Lafayette. And so, you know, I figured I'd, I'd transfer and then, you know, they reached out to me pretty quick and yeah, I ended up going down to Louisiana and they knew exactly how to use me. And I had a really good, uh, you know, fifth year there. And you know, that, that helped me get a lot of good tape, uh, you know, for those NFL scouts. Yeah. And so what, what's the, is there anything special with the transfer portal? I feel like it's just a weird little system in college, in college athletics, it's just, no, it's great. I mean, basically you, you tell your school that your compliance department, basically that you're transferring and they put you into this database and then anybody can kind of reach out to you. And I mean, as soon as I did that, I mean, there was several schools within, I mean, UCLA was one school that I considered, um, you know, they had a pro style, they had Chip Kelly at the time, and I don't know if he's still there, but, you know, they run that pro-style system and considered that, but they wouldn't let me finish my MBA. I had to get a uh, master's in education, and I had already started my MBA at Arizona State. So school was definitely a big factor in that. Um, Utah, Kansas State. I mean, there was a lot, there was a lot of different schools. It, it opens up a lot of opportunities for kids who, you know, want to transfer. Um you know, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of these kids go somewhere for one year and then stuff doesn't work out the way they want it to. And then they ended up transferring and then transferring again. And I mean, I've known, I've known players who've transferred, you know, three times, um, you know, but at the same time, coaches can do that. They can be, you know, out of college and promise all these kids that they're going to be there. And then when a better opportunity comes, you know, they leave. Um, There's pros and cons to the transfer portal. Uh, For me, it helped me out, but I mean, I had four years where, you know, 
a lot of things didn't go my way at Arizona State and a lot of adversity and, you know, worked through that and, and, and grew from it. But, um, you know, you can use the transfer portal to your advantage or, you know, it can be a disadvantage. That's what I got to say probably about that. Yeah, I mean, I think clearly it worked to your advantage because you have that fifth year at yeah. Louisiana Lafayette. That that season ends. Now you're. When did you find out like that NFL scouts were interested in that the NFL was like an obtainable goal to have? I mean, they told me when I was a freshman going in at Arizona State, um, you know, that I could play in the NFL at fullback. Um, I mean, I knew I could, I just never was in a system that maximized my potential. I was always playing, you know, running back or tight end, or, I mean, I played linebacker at, at, at a one point, uh, you know, H back, uh, you know, but at the same time playing all these different positions, it helped me develop a pretty unique skill set that translated to the NFL. Um, and when you get in a system that maximizes these skill sets, you can be pretty valuable. But um, I remember one meeting with Coach Napier at Arizona State in 2017, uh, you know, just, just seeing all the things that, you know, I could do. I mean, I'm – athletic enough to run the ball i'm strong enough to block i'm athletic enough to you know run routes and catch the ball you know have good body control um you know he told me that i could play in the nfl i had to master you know several different things and uh you know he, he had that faith in me and i mean i remember that that meeting you know clearly you know and i was like dang man can i can i really play in the nfl and then, you know, going into my last year into uh, at Arizona State, I actually got to play a little bit of fullback and I had success. And, uh, you know, people kept telling me that I could play, uh, you know, fullback in the NFL. And I think my position coach in one interview, you can hear him, you know, telling the reporters that, you know, Nick's going to be my first NFL fullback. And uh, that ended up coming true. And, uh, you know, it's just, you never know, you, you know that the goal is down the road, but you never can truly, you know, like appreciate kind of what's going on until you're actually there. And uh, so, I mean, it was a long journey, but I mean, I finally got to the point where I had an opportunity to get into the NFL and I, I maximized it at my pro day. And then, you know, here we are now. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of guys and girls like ask at a very young age, like in elementary school, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, Oh, I want to be a pro athlete. And so, you know, you kind of think about it in that, you know, fairy tale mindset. And it's like, Oh, this is, you know, this is way out there, but you know, it'd be nice to do that. But actually doing it, I feel like I can understand. It's like, Oh my God, this is actually happening. This is, yeah man it's fairy tale come true it is you know it's a goal that your whole life it's always been so far away and you know personally me I'm like you know how do I get there I got to focus on you know the process and kind of 
reverse engineer on how I can get there. And that's really just, you know, putting in the work each day, getting 1% better. And, uh, and then eventually when you do get to that, you know, end goal of, you know, say playing in the NFL, that you keep that mindset of, you know, continuous improvement. And, uh, but even now, man, I don't even, I mean, I play in the NFL and I'm a Dallas Cowboy, but I still have this, <laughs> you know, it's crazy because people treat you so different. I just see myself as this kid from Argyle. And uh, I mean, I've done a lot of things. I mean, I've done really well in school. I've, you know, had success in football and, you know, starting to have success as an entrepreneur. And I mean, I still feel like the same kid. So, I mean, it's hard for me to appreciate kind of all the things that I'm doing right now, just because, I mean, it's just so out of the world, really. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't, I can't understand that. I know I'm not, I am 5'8", 175. I'm nowhere close to an athlete, but you know, I followed sports long enough where you see these different stories and it's like, that's, you know, people, it's like, I didn't, it's, I don't feel any different. It's not unusual from what I'm seeing, like what I've read, what I've yeah. listened to. And that's real. And that's really cool. And so the draft process, um, you know, there yeah, seems to be, <laughs> yeah, there, there seems to be people that are very pro the combine and all that stuff. And there seems to be a lot of anti combines. So um, you have a story. Well, first, like what's your, mindset about the nfl draft combine uh you know i mean i didn't go to the combine i mean i had a pro day but i mean yeah. kind of some of the opinions on that are you know how do some of these drills translate to the game of football and you know a lot of them don't i feel like when i was training for my pro day that i was training for a track meet um but you know they just try to get all these you know, players into one place and put them under stressful conditions and to see how they perform. Uh, do I think 40 yard dash is the best indicator of, you know, being good at football? No, but, um, you know, some teams now are starting to look at GPS data, um, you know, like speed, miles per hour, and acceleration. And I think that's probably a better indicator of, uh, you know, speed. I think some of the drills, like the five ten five, being able to bend, that's a good indicator. Uh, you know, the L drill, that's another one. Um, you know, overall, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I'm. I can tell you that I'm really glad that I'm not training for a combine right now. Uh, dude, it's the most stressful kind of process. Uh, especially, you know they talk about, you know, your rookie years, the longest year of your life, because you end um, playing football your senior year and then, or whatever year, and then you go straight into training. And then that training goes straight into OTAs and that OTAs goes straight into training camp. Then you have the season. And I mean, it's like a year and a half of just grind. And it's, it's good to be on the, you know, to get through that now. Cause I mean, I've had a, you get time to rest after the season and, you know, you get that NFL off season is just, I mean, it's great. You know, you get four or five months um, 
kind of off kind of doing your own doing your own thing and uh you know like i said man just playing that combine is like it's one of the most stressful you know times dude like i've even heard stories where they're like keeping players up like 20 hours at a time and like just putting them under a bunch of psychological stress like it's crazy yeah they try to they try to break you yeah what it is what it seems like i mean like you're saying it's like the 40 yard dash does not should not be like the number one indicator of how good a wide receiver is going to be yeah like let me see you run a post route see how fast you can cut like i want to see that i want to see like your shiftiness like seeing how far you can go from the goal line to the 40 yard line is not going to tell me oh you're a first rounder yeah but um you run a four three you know you're going to get a spot somewhere so yeah you know that's why sometimes they still kind of use all these drills and stuff but i mean everything changes once you get to training camp and then the, the pads come on and i mean it's just and real football yeah um but you're saying your pro day was like you're preparing for your pro day was like a track meet i mean just because you're you know you're training in a way that's not indicative of the sport more so sprinting in a straight line you know, you're doing a lot of plyometrics and, uh, I mean, a lot of just form and, and, and I mean, it's like training for a track meet, man. Like, I mean, now, like going into this off season, like I'm training totally different than I was when I was training for my pro day. Um, yeah. you know, it's a lot of quick twitch stuff and dude, like you're literally just a track athlete going into that. Yeah, yeah, like, do, do you really think, like, that workout was, like, helpful to set you up for NFL workouts? From what it sounds like, it does not. I mean, some of it transfers, but, you know, you just – you train in a different way, and I feel like I'm I'm more prepared going into this next season training the way that I am now versus training for that, you know, that pro day. Yeah. Um. So – you go through that process. You're done being a track star. You are now, and then you're now an NFL player, and not, not just any NFL player. Like you know, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you're kind of put on an even higher pedestal than oh, just yeah, being. Oh yeah, man, we're America's team, player. man. You're America's team. Did you grow up first? Did you grow up as a Cowboys fan? Let me ask you. What do you think? I'm going to guess yes. Yes. <laughs> Dude, everybody is in Texas. Um, except for me. I'm different. I'm a Broncos fan. Well, then I'm about to hang up this call. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying Broncos beat you on your house. Um, so what was it like for the – not only was like the child, the childhood dream to have the star on your helmet – and the Cowboys on your jersey. What was that first experience? Just putting it on. What was going through your head? Uh, I mean, I'd like to tell you that I had some crazy, overexcited, joyful kind of deal. Um, but my mindset was always, you know, I, I just got to get to work. I got to get better. Yeah, got to prove myself. Um, just I'm, I'm a really focused driven guy and 
I'm always thinking, you know, what's next? What's that next level I can get to? What's that next hurdle I can cross? Uh, I mean, sometimes I'll tell you this. Sometimes I, you know, sit back and reflect on my journey and to think that I'm a Dallas Cowboy, it, it blows my mind. Uh, I can't even wrap my head around it, but, you know, being a Dallas Cowboy opens a lot of doors. So, I mean, um, I wouldn't say I'm getting used to saying I'm a Dallas Cowboy, but I feel nice. It's, it's just crazy. Even sitting here talking about it now, I mean, I'm like, dude, I'm some, I'm just regular kid from Argyle, and people start telling me all the things that I've done, and I'm like, man, well, I mean, I guess you're right. I have, I have done that. I have done that. But you know, I'm just, I'm extremely grateful and, and blessed, and you know, to be where I am. I've, I've had such a incredibly hard journey but you know god had a reason for everything and you know i went through the adversity that i did to develop you know perspective and appreciation um for kind of the opportunities that i have you know coming up and i wouldn't i wouldn't trade you know anything that that's happened to me um i'm just you know i'll tell you dude i'm just so grateful that that god put me here you know, on, on the Dallas Cowboys in, in Dallas. I mean, I could tell you a story that would last two hours just about my journey. But, you know, like I said, I'm just so, I'm so grateful to be here back home playing for my hometown team. You know, there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing better. Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, so you're, you're a Dallas Cowboy. You know, you go through your Dallas Cowboys are on hard knocks. What was what, what's the what's it like to have hard knocks at a training camp? Uh man, it's like a reality TV show, and there's cameras everywhere and microphones everywhere, and you really can't talk normal because you know yeah. that somebody's always watching, and that you know they're pretty much capture everything. So you really got to just kind of shut up. I mean, the show's kind of. I mean, I personally don't think it, it captures the reality of kind of what, you know, the team is actually like. It's actually a lot funnier. They can't they can't get a lot of the stuff on camera. Mm -hmm. um, no, I can. You can definitely tell that watching ends like they know like uh, some of the times, especially like the bigger guys, you know, yeah. like the, the Zeeks, the Dax, like they know, OK, I'm on I'm on camera. I should probably not go a certain way with this and you know yeah I mean, but you know behind when the cameras are off i mean it's it's one of the best places to be dude it's it's funny i enjoy going in and joking around with the guys every day uh i mean dude it's 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 hilarious man. i don't there's not a single day that i feel like i'm working just because i'm having so much fun i mean don't get me wrong it's hard but you know being around being around all the guys dude it's just it's hilarious yeah so who's who's like who's the class clown of the dallas cowboys i got my guesses zeke's Z, pretty fun, pretty funny dude he's he's goofy yeah. uh that's who i was expecting you know going in i was pretty pretty serious like wouldn't joke around but i'd say that uh you know i'm comfortable enough now just I mean, if pe people that know me know that I'm a really, you know, I can be really serious, but I'm a really goofy guy. You know, I'm always, you know, saying funny stuff. And, you know, now it's gotten to the point where, I, I mean, 
I'd say I'm one of the class clowns on the team. Uh, I mean, dude, all the guys are so funny. I mean, Donovan Wilson, uh, some of the D linemen, the Marcus Lawrence is funny. Do you have any stories about like funny moments like during camp, during the season? Uh, I mean, yeah, but probably not going to tell them on camera. Yeah. Okay. No, that. Especially that makes... if you're a Broncos fan. If you're a Cowboys fan, I might, but. Oh, that's, that's rough. That's yeah. rough. Um, but we'll, let's get to, let's get to one more thing before, uh, yeah. before we got to let you go. Um, what was your welcome to the NFL moment? Seems like everybody has that one moment where it's like, ow, or oof. You know, I mean, I'd like to say I'm the hammer, not the nail. I mean, I remember the Arizona Cardinals game. Um, it was my first time on kickoff, and Eno Benjamin, who was my running back at Arizona State, was returning the kick. And, you know, that first time I tackle him, I kind of get him around the legs. And then the next time um, I beat a double team on the kickoff and I just laid him out. And I would say that's kind of my welcome to the NFL kind of moment. It wasn't me getting hit. It was me hitting somebody else. Yeah. So, yeah, what was that like? Did he say anything afterwards? It was like, come on, man. I mean, yeah, he wasn't happy about it. I mean, I totally destroyed him, but um, – you know, yeah, after I hit him, I started, I started crawling like a dog, like a bulldog, over him. Yeah, it was, it was sick, bro. You should go back and look it up. I'm gonna, I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna look that up. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Um, so la- last, last thing, um, you are a real estate agent. Yes. So what, what got, what got you into that, and uh, what are you doing with, what are you doing now? Yeah. Um, so I had met a former Cowboy player um, through a seminar he gave to the rookies. His name is Cord Proctor. And he invited me to this event in November. And I had sat next to a real estate agent from England Volkers and connected with her. And then after the season, followed up with her and you know, I had my real estate license because I got it during uh, during the pandemic when I was having that gap year uh, between my senior year and, and uh, having my pro day. So I had my real estate license and yeah, I kind of networked and then ended up meeting, you know, the top broker who would hire me. And she was actually Jason Witten's realtor for the past 20 years. So uh yeah, her name's Roxanne Taylor, and she's a she's a rock star. She's one of the best realtors, uh, you know, in North America, if not the world. And uh, she's kind of taken me under her wing, and you know, just started uh, getting things rolling. You know, helping some guys out on the team, uh, you know, with their real estate needs, and uh, got a lot of other kind of cool projects that I'm excited to announce uh, here in the next couple of months. Awesome, man. Well, we will be, we'll definitely be following uh, what you got coming up. And once again, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you uh, 
you know, being persistent and, and getting me on the show, you know, you first reached out back in October and I was just so busy, but, uh, you know, my advice to you is to keep up that persistence and don't take no for an answer. So keep going, bro. I appreciate it. And, uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back again next week. Um, so stay tuned. We got some excited things going on. All right. Thank you guys. See ya.